Welcome to Beardy Dads. Hello. <laughs> You're listening to Beardy Dads uh, with me, Rue Reynolds. And me, Nick O'Leary. And we are two dads. So I've got uh, a three-year-old at the moment, Toby, and my wife and I are expecting our second in, well, shall we say two and a half weeks' time? Oh, I'm so excited for you. And uh, I'm, I've got a ten-day-old son called Oliver, and he's lovely. We are simultaneously excited and tired <laughs> my my life has just been turned totally upside down yeah um this week we've been through the uh first trip in the car first day at home first bath first walk in the pram everything's new everything's exciting it's uh it's a whole different world it's amazing all of those firsts and what better time to start a new project like a podcast <laughs> oh you're so right yeah what a good idea this is let's um let's talk about our children and let's hear from other people about their children and share the experience of being dads together sounds good to me baby dads oh, how long have we been home like four days and the biggest thing that i've found is just putting aside any idea of the time in the day when you sleep and the time in the day when you're awake and active and instead just having this um sort of constant drip feed of naps <laughs> so sleeping while he sleeps is the, yeah. the biggest piece of advice that everyone gave me beforehand was you'll find that you won't want to sleep but if you can you should um so yeah trying to sort of nap yeah when he is is uh meaning that actually that one day sort of runs into the other because it's just three hour chunks you have you have three hours and do a bit of a feed and a change and yeah and then another three hours and then pretty soon it's sort of midday the next day and you I have no idea what day it is. I have to keep looking to see see the date. Yeah, it's it is weird, and and suddenly I we found as it goes on, you start getting into that routine. Um, you know, they have a nap at certain times, and um, you start fitting your life around them. And um, I don't know. If we may have just been really lucky with Toby that I I have this memory that he started sleeping through the night fairly early on like yeah within a couple months he would you know sleep from i say through the night you know like 10 till 6 or something um i don't know i i just i don't remember relentless getting up through the night for him now it might be that i slept through all of that and joe did all the hard work (laughs) but yeah um but but no i i i do you remember doing anything particular to try and encourage that pattern, or did it just happen naturally? I, I, what did we do? I'm trying to remember, I'm, and this is the crazy thing. There are all these things we did that we're going to have to remember what we did. Because you're going to do it all again soon, aren't number you? Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah three, uh, what was it? Two and a half right. weeks' time, we're due number two. Um, and I don't know if... Well, are we ready? I think... <laughs> we kind of kind of have to be but all along it's been you know because we we found out we were pregnant like the week after you guys did but all of long it's been um i don't really yeah don't need to worry about it happening until room ray have (laughs) oh you've got this buffer of uh and and, yeah i've got this buffer but it's only a buffer of of two weeks yeah right it's suddenly uh okay yeah it it wasn't much of a buffer but it was a buffer (laughs) i'm holding on to that um, yeah, uh, and now it's like, well, it's it, it's our turn now. We better get everything sorted. So yeah, making sure we've got the the bag packed for the hospital and 
we'll see. We've, we've got a couple of weeks. It'll be fine. I'm really excited for you. Having having just been through it for the first time, and I know you've done it before, but the fact that you've forgotten all of it means that you get to <laughs> you get to experience it all. Everyone's different, you know. It's um everything that um yeah, everything that happened with Toby. There's no guarantee it's going to be like that. Because, um, you know, Toby was 10 days overdue. So, in fact, he was induced. But that means my experience of having to go to the hospital and have a baby is, isn't a 3 a.m. panic type thing. It's a, we had an appointment at 3 p.m. on, you know, that Friday. Did you literally have an appointment? You had I, a time I, slot that you were going to go in and have a baby? Yeah. Wow. Exactly that. So one, I think once they were, once Toby was like three days yeah. overdue, um, they you know they start sk- penciling in some appointments to make sure he to make sure he comes out get him at some out point. in the future. And the, this part of it feels once I knew we had that appointment, like five days in the future at that time, I think I sort of de-stressed from the whole labour could happen at any moment. And I just went through a period of, well, it's okay, Toby's going to get born. <laughs> it meant we've not had to deal with that 3 a.m. emergency. What do we do now? So I ha- even though I've got a kid, I ha- that's still going to be a completely new experience if it yeah, happens that yeah. way. How long yeah. do they, do, do you know yes. how long they uh, like to leave it once you've gone over the, the term <coughs> length of 40 weeks? Is it something where it's like a week after that? Or I two think weeks, do you know? it's 10 days. Okay. Yeah, I think ten days is pretty much, pretty much wow. the limit. Presumably, um, they become so big that it's a yeah, problem for the so, mother if you leave them in to overcook. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, um, you know, you you then, I guess, the longer you leave it, the the harder it is to do a natural birth, and you know, you end up having to have, um, you know, cesarean or something mm-hmm. like that. Which, yeah, if you can avoid, is is always going to be. So, worth tell it. us about your induction then. While we're in the sort of you know early early days of this podcast, let's start at the beginning. So you had an appointment. You'd gone a couple of the days induction. over, and and yeah. you went in to be induced. <clears throat> you said it was like afternoon, so it was a you, you'd taken the day off work and begun paternity leave. This just feels really weird that you you knew that you were going to go in so, and have a baby. That's so peculiar. I'd already start. So I started paternity leave on due yep. date, um, just because you kind of figure at that point. It's got to happen at some point. I don't want to be ten miles up the road. Right, might as well and get that phone yeah, call. Might as well be with her. May okay, as well, yeah. and and also keep just keeping Joe mm. company because she was bored, rigid. You know, she had had enough. Well, presumably quite uncomfortable by that um, by that point as well. Like she must have been quite yeah, big and uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun. So yeah, I mean, so there's a couple uh, preparatory steps. To the you know, a couple things they do before you go and be induced, which I'll I'll save the listeners from the gory details of. Um, but it was like a three o'clock appointment. They just do a couple, you know, couple tests, heart rate, and that type of stuff. I'm really then, intrigued now. I want to um, know what the preparatory steps a, are. So the, the, there are a couple um, procedures that can be done to try and encourage birth. And if memory serves right, the, the first one is called a cervical ah, sweep. Ah, I've heard of this sweep. Um, I don't really know very much about it, but when I asked the midwives and said, so tell us about the sweep, they, they mentioned some something that sounded like a sort of very medical stick. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like chimney sweep. Right. I, I don't think that they're trying to prod it out. But but it, it's not too far off, that, that idea. But anyway, mm-hmm. I seem to remember that was on a Sunday. 
and I remember that because we had to have that done at Southampton, which we'd never been to before. And you know, hospitals are barely open at the weekend. And I just remember going in, it was just empty and just no one was around. And it just felt like, well, you know, if something was to happen, <laughs> I assume a doctor's going to appear from somewhere. But, <laughs> yeah, um, where are all the doctors? Anyway. So that could have triggered it then? So that it- I don't know. I don't think it would have been there and then. I think it would have been, um, uh, yeah, within the next day. But nothing happened, so... Yes, we had this appointment. So we, so we rocked up at Winchester at three o'clock. Um, they did these tests, and then uh, the the um, the medicine is is administered to to start the induction process. But we're also given this big. Is this um, like a hormone what, drip? Is that a, is that? It's not a drip. Is that the it's, thing? It's a it's a pill that isn't swallowed. Oh gosh. Okay. We won't go. We won't go into too much uh, too much more detail. But we get the idea. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're given all the leaflets to describe what what the process. And it said, um, yeah, you know, you you take this, and then um, if nothing's happened in twelve hours, you take another one. And sometimes it can take you know, two or three. So, yeah, we we could still have been there for 24 hours. But um, she actually went into labour pretty quickly after that. It was almost like it was just, just the little prod Toby needed. Oh, so, so not a very long yeah, labour? All all. No, not at all. I think it was about a th- it was like a three-hour labour. Um, wow. Yeah, it, when it started, it started, and it all went very quickly. Um, he arrived... And a natural and, birth. Yeah, natural, yeah only gas and air but I think it all happened so quickly there wasn't much choice of anything but gas and air and yeah I, they had to use the the Vontuz which I still haven't seen one of but I, I hear is like a sort of suction cup thing so just a little bit of extra encouragement to some extra encouragement but they had you know they had to pull quite hard I think I think there were some exchanged looks because they had a little scalp heart rate monitor on him at this point when he was you know, half well on his way um, and I could tell there was some exchanged looks by people looking at readouts that they decided it's time to get him out now. You know, the, the, uh, enough waiting for mm. him to make his own way out. So that's when the Vontuz got applied and he got pulled out. And again, uh, whilst once he had popped out and um, yeah, cord was cut and he was weighed and stuff, um, and they did some additional tests. And again, I sort of caught a couple of them just exchanging a couple words where. I think they were relieved to have got him out that um, it could have gone a different way. But um, and it's interesting because I think the 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 jaundice stuff. Um, I remember the one doctor saying one of the things that could cause that is if if it is a slightly traumatic birth, right. like using the von twos, that that can just aggravate something. So, um, but but who knows. Um, uh, yeah, so so by appointment it, it it all went fairly smoothly, and I quite like that idea of you know having an appointment to give birth. And uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And did did all the things that happened and the way they happened, did they more or less correspond to your plan for both that both of you had going into it? Yeah. So well, so having having done the NCT classes, yes, we had our sort of three sides of A four, the birth plan, hmm. um, which sort of described everything we wanted and but you know I don't I think I left that in the car who knows what we'd said we'd wanted but 
I think <laughs> it all proceeded so so quickly that um, there wasn't really any time for any choices about anything. It was just mm. get up, get on, and do it. Our situation was almost totally the opposite to yours, <laughs> in that we definitely didn't go in with an appointment and knowing that it was going to happen. Yeah. So Oliver was. He arrived a little early, didn't he? A little early, um, and in slightly stressful scenario. So yeah, unlike you with an appointment and knowing what you were getting into, we still had three weeks to go. We were on week 37. I think we'd just literally, New Year's Eve um, was was the beginning of week 37. Um, and obviously pregnancies generally, term, term is 40 weeks. And Rachel had been diagnosed two or three weeks earlier with something called, called preeclampsia which uh, fans of Downton Abbey will know what happens with eclampsia. Uh, you don't want it. It's not very good for the mother. Um, and it can be quite disastrous for the baby as well, but it's generally, uh, it's generally harmful to the mum. And it's really just a, a thing. It's very badly understood. Nobody really knows what it is or, or, or why it happens. But a small percentage of, of women, I think it's about 10 or 15%, um, develop this thing called preeclampsia where you get a really high blood pressure, sufficiently high that it starts causing problems to organs in your body like your liver and your kidneys and your heart and eventually your brain uh, so obviously that's that's something they want to keep quite a close eye on yeah so Rachel had been having um, some drugs to keep the blood pressure down something called libetalol um, which is just a tablet a couple of times a day and having um, blood pressure cuff every couple of days towards the end it was every day um, and lots of urine urine tests and blood tests and it was you know just increasingly medical our, our birth we knew was going to be well monitored and we'd gone in with hopes of going to this you know new forest birthing center where we'd have a water birth and it would all be very like relaxed and not very medical at all um, by the end of the pregnancy we knew that it was going to be one that was very closely monitored and that we'd probably need to have um, a team standing by ready to do an emergency c-section just in case and stress levels have been generally rising um, but yeah, she uh, she developed some really weird symptoms on New Year's Eve and started being really breathless and a bit achy, a lot of vomiting, at which point obviously we're thinking, ah, oh, let's go to the hospital and get this uh, blood pressure checked again. And I was not expecting that that would be the day of, of our baby's birth. I thought that would just be, you know, another test and then be sent home for a couple of weeks to chill out uh, and maybe stronger drugs or something. But we got in and they strapped her up to the blood pressure cuff yet again and took a test and I don't know Nick if you know anything about blood pressure but when they said the blood pressure is 227 over 110 even I knew that that's not normal that's really 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 scary yeah there's some big numbers yeah yeah big numbers big big scary numbers um, and instantly the room filled up so it went from being a midwife to being three midwives two doctors an anaesthetist it was, um, yeah, it was one of those things where you're, you're simultaneously reassured and relieved to know that there's a good team of people who will know what they're doing. But also, the more people in the room, the scarier it felt, because obviously they thought she needed a lot of help. You know, they were, they were ready to, you know, start doing, doing some quite drastic stuff if they needed to. It was all quite stressful. Good result in the end, but um, we went through a few hours of uh, what even at the time, felt a bit touch and go. And looking back on it now, it feels more scary than it did then, just because we we didn't really know what what was... Mm, it's not true. It wasn't that we didn't know what was happening. It, it was that we, we weren't really thinking about the worst-case scenario at the time. You just sort of get get on with it and do the next thing, don't you? Yeah, you go on with it. How did you find it, you know, as almost the spare part in the room where you've got all the... You know what I mean? <laughs> that 
Um, you obviously all the focus is on Rachel there and you just have to try and not get in the way but be there for Rachel. Yeah, it was definitely being there to support her and holding her hand and being with her to keep her calm and relaxed. We knew that part of my role would be to sort of act as her advocate, sort of, you know, be be um, able to speak for her if she couldn't speak and do things with the staff that she would have wanted to be done and, you know, push for things like, well, there was a time when the lights were really bright and it was making her uncomfortable and... You know, the midwives are great at that stuff as well, but I, I, part of my role was just sort of making sure that she had what she needed. Yeah. Which was easy because th- they were so good. So that yeah, I wasn't having to fight anybody for anything, but it was, um, yeah, definitely something that I realised was part of my role was was being sort of her her voice in the room when she sometimes was finding it difficult to have a voice in the room. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> we went through a good, a good few hours of... Um, of, of stuff actually and it, it began with well let's put an epidural in so that we've got more options and, and they they thought it might help bring, bring the blood pressure down as well so we, we were very happy to have that done even though we weren't planning or, or it certainly wasn't a preference to have an epidural mm. um, but it really helps you know it really relaxed her and, and it, um, it meant that they then were able to administer a caesarean under local right. anaesthetic rather than general anaesthetic which was uh, in the end what, what ended up happening which was really good they had initially thought that they would try and continue to have the baby delivered naturally, but they started administering um, a hormone drip mm-hmm. uh, and broke her waters and then lots of um, monitoring and, and keeping an eye on the baby's pulse. And with every contraction, it was dipping, and it was dipping quite a lot. Right. So they they quite quickly realised that, that that plan wasn't going to work. So yeah. they, they said, right, we need to get you ready for a caesarean. And I think having gone in at about three or four in the morning... I think by one in the afternoon, we were in theatre um, having a, a cesarean. It felt like a long time, you know, that yeah. that period was, was quite a, a hectic one. Um, but then from then from then on, it became much easier. Um, the, it seems that the treatment for um, preeclampsia is take the baby out and then your blood pressure drops drastically Yeah, because um, there's less pressure on the inside of you. So, yeah, that it worked. You mentioned the New Forest Birthing Centre. So, I mean, that's a... That's a very sort of peaceful, relaxful place you can go, and they've got those different birthing rooms. What was your plan for for the birth there? Yeah, we'd we'd hoped to have a water birth. Um, really? Let's see. Yeah, I. It's one of those. I I remember when we we had had a look around. At, I th- I think, um, yeah, Winchester and both Southampton both did. Um, sort of open sessions where you could go and just see the maternity suite so it wasn't unfamiliar when you turn up there at 3am and they talked about you know and here's a room with a bath in so you could do a water birth yeah. and and you know, here's where we keep the nets <laughs> yeah you need the net and but no yeah, I, know, I think that was enough I think um, we knew a water birth was not you weren't you weren't into that no. the net was the moment that we knew that I wouldn't be in the bath with her <laughs> Yeah, but she was still up for doing it, or at least trying it. You know, we had yeah. a tens machine. We had a plan to go and you know at least at least get in the water and and see whether it would help. And generally, you know, a plan just to be active and standing up and walking around and not stuck in a hospital bed. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, really. Exactly all the things that we said we weren't going to want, um, laying down in a bed, having an epidural, mm. <laughs> were exactly what we needed. And we didn't really have a choice. No. I mean, you know, we we could have said no, we don't want an epidural, but they would have really, um, they would have really pushed for it. Yeah, it was it was medically the right thing to do, and so we were we were totally 
happy with anything that was just going to you know keep Rachel alive really oh absolutely and it gets to that point where you you do just have to put the ideal your ideal scenario just goes because you've got to do as you say what, what what's necessary I remember when we we did the look around and saw you know the facilities and they sort of asked any questions and this one couple they said do you do hypnobirths nice and again there were quite a few shared looks now yeah I I I don't want to I'm sure they work very well for some people but I reckon half of our our potential listeners might have uh, either either tried or or heard of hypnobirthing yeah you see drugs drugs work drugs big powerful drugs yeah they're just that but you say that you know Joe coped on on gas and air that's uh you know that's... yeah no, absolutely and you know um you know mind over matter and all that I've got a question for you Nick yeah um so you had a relatively straightforward birth or as easy a birth as I've ever heard of really um with a Vontus during all of that were you did you stay at the nice end or were you were you sort of actively down and cutting cords and doing all that sort of stuff how did how did it go with you I was mostly at the nice end because my my I had two jobs I was in control of the tens machine which I guess oh fun yeah you got to you got to press the button I was in charge of the button because oh man yeah so this the tens machine is this little um, little uh, it looks like a little Walkman doesn't it with a big button on the front with a couple of leads going to um, electrical pads you stick on the small of your back um, and it effectively electrocutes you um, I always equate it with those um, abdominal exercises that's it, where you yeah. electrocute yourself and tense your muscles up but presu- I, mean, I, I don't know uh, whether, it, whether it helps pregnant women but it certainly seems like something that we would have we would have enjoyed trying it's one of those um you try and get into the rhythm of where because it pulses it's not continual so right. so you can vary the rate at which it pulses and um i don't know i in part of our nct class all the dads got to try it on their forearm oh fun and it was weird because my hand was clenching from a completely <laughs> open hand to fiercely clenched because of this machine and I came to the conclusion it, it, it distracts you from the, the pains of birth by making your back hurt. <laughs> gives you something else to think yeah, about. it just gives you something else. To th- but it could be... My, se- my back seems to be spasming. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, what's going on there? But, um, but part of it was you, you press the button with a boost to give an extra, extra zap. And if you timed that with the contraction, then, yeah, it helps. So there am I sort of judging Joe from how she's acting and the heart rate and all this sort of stuff and trying to time it um, but I'm doing that but I'm also swabbing because it's so hot in the room um, I've got a, a wet cloth to you know keep Joe cool so I'm I'm fully occupied at the happy end of, of, of the <laughs> room but you know I, I didn't I didn't stay there entirely I, I did venture down just to well because I had to I had to get the cloth damp and the sink was the other side of the room and the only way is around the foot of the bed so you know there are a few occasions when um, I'm passing so I just have a glance because you know you're not, it's not something you're going to see every day um, it's like a train wreck you can't not look yeah I think that's a, a charitable simile um, <laughs> but um, but that's the funny you've mentioned cutting the cord and obviously that's the whenever it happens in Hollywood you know, in films the baby's born and dad do you want to cut the cord I have no recollection of cut did I cut the cord 
Did, oh, you don't know I, if you I did. I can't remember. You might have blanked it out. It I, might have been so harrowing and horrific think, that your mind refuses to replay it. It could well be. I think in part because of the um, increased urgency, if, shall I say, of, of getting Toby out. Um, I think they were keen to get Toby... Um, well, get him out and get him checked over. I think some extra, an extra doctor came in to just do that. So, right. I don't think, I, I think they decided there wasn't the luxury of giving us a chance yeah. to cut the cord ourselves. I think it might have all turned into a bit of a hurry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As it did with us, of course. So they, they'd been asking beforehand, "Would you like to cut the cord? Mm. If we can do this as a natural birth, would you like to?" And we looked at each other. And we hadn't really considered that actually. Uh, and I was thinking, well, n- not really. Like, not especially. I'm sure it would be a lovely, a lovely thing to do, but it wasn't sort of high on my list. So we said, well, you know, let's let's wait and see. Let's see see how the mood takes us at the time. Yeah. And they were totally happy with that. And then obviously with a cesarean section, they put a little tent up and they put you at one yeah. side of it. And they they say, there's one rule here: don't stand up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very much at the at the nice end. Mm. Um, and my yeah, my job there was just to just to keep. Rachel, um, I was going to say happy, but you know, just just keeping her in the room, yes, you know, yeah. being being with her. Well, because because um, if she only had a local, then yeah, she's she's wide awake, isn't she? And uh, yeah, she was feeling some not pain, but you know, she was aware of of people messing around and you yeah. know, some some gentle gentle tugging and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, See now, yeah, it was. I'm I'm sure I've heard of a a type of cesarean where rather than just doing a cesarean and and removing the the baby to try and keep that the baby's natural sense of having arrived in the world mm. they 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 do the the opening up and then they allow the baby f- to find its own way out what the hell are you talking about <laughs> i know i'm i don't think i've made this up from some weird fiction i think it is a thing. That's horrific. I know. You don't open a belly up and then say, well, we'll just wait for the baby to crawl forth naturally. I, d- I don't think it's... And this is where, again, I haven't investigated the details for obvious reasons, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they sit back and just, you know, wait, wait for the baby to come. <laughs> wait. Um, but certainly, rather than just plucking it out, sort of oh, let it... Giving it... Let it, let let it, it come at its own pace. And... Like with chickens, you don't want to take the egg away from them. You want to let them peck at the egg to make sure they're strong enough. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll go with that for now. Well, it sounds horrific, but I'd be very, very excited to hear if there's any truth to this uh, yeah. to this thing. So, okay, another time we must talk about placentas um, and other, other childbirth stuff. But we should probably talk about tips. Yes. Have you got a tip for me? So I'm, I'm quite new at all of this, and you've, you've been through it before. What should I? What should I do? What do I need to know? One of my favourite things I remember was um, when you go to you know, mother care or kiddie care, you can buy big, expensive things for baby, like whether it's a a bath just for baby and it's perfectly moulded to the baby, or you can get one of these um, little plastic dishes that's got two separate sections for one to put water in and one to put cotton wool. So when you're cleaning baby and changing the nappy, it's all sort of nice self-contained. And you can spend lots of money on one of these things. So we went to the local hardware store and for 40 pence, <laughs> 40 pence, we bought a cat food tray. Oh, which, brilliant. 
little plastic tray. It's got two compartments. You put water in one, cotton wool in the other. That's amazing. It's all you need. So this 40 is 40 pence. What, like an A4 sized bit of plastic? What, what, what am I thinking of here? What should I be looking it's, for? It's a catch feed tray. It's, it's a, you know, two dishes next to each other. Um, this, yeah. Is this moulded into one unit? or Yeah, moulded into one unit. Okay, right. Because you need it all be together. So a single dish, you can put some water in, some cotton wool, take that to where you need it. It's, that it's sounds the, great. Thrifty, I like it. You can spend so much money on baby paraphernalia that, uh, you know, sometimes it pays to to realise that your one bit of moulded plastic is as good as another. I think parents... <clears throat> excuse me. I think parents get fleeced left right and center i like your approach of just go whole hog the other way get some stuff yeah. made for cats that's brilliant yeah. and also the, the when we're talking about nappy changing that sort of thing the other tip is when it comes to the changing mat you know, you, you can get all these different mm. um the, the foam mat not not the one you take out and about with you but the one you have yeah we've got like a plastic coated yeah. little foam thing now, and yeah, typically they're sort of big rectangular things and they'll have... Yep. You want to make sure they've got the ridges around the side. Yeah, so like a raised edge to help if, if baby rolls... Exactly, and, from rolling well, and also um, stops fluids running off in unexpected... Yeah, it's, oh, it's I hadn't that. thought of that. Uh, yeah, channelling the fluids. Yeah, you haven't experienced <laughs> okay. that yet. Mm, nice. But so many of them are just like flat foam with rectangular foam blocks around the side. Which yeah, means you've got definitely describes us. Yeah, which means you've got corners. <laughs> and again, when you've got things to clean, corners aren't so good. Oh yeah, okay. So a big tip, John Lewis and John Lewis are the only ones we've found who sell them. Sell their changing mats, and they are. Um, they don't have edges. They are I'm trying to describe it. It's like a half pipe. There is no corner for things to go in it is it is sloped on the sides and then flat on the base so again it nicely sloped they can't roll out but it's a slope it's not an abrupt corner so any fluids would just collect at the bottom or is there like they they, they pool in the middle yeah where the baby is so that it's all contained the baby can't roll out right but but nor is there anywhere for things to hide so when you're having a bit of a wipe down you know you've got everything when you have exactly oh nick you can deal with it i like the sound of this so, i might have to next time i'm in john lewis i might have to keep my eyes peeled for the the um half half pipe changing mat the half pipe changing well i've got a tip in return for you um you you may uh well tell me uh what you do around bath times because because maybe you you do this already um when toby went especially when he's really little when you had to give him not just a you know bit of a bit of a wash and brush up with a with a wet bit of cotton wool but when you were actually giving him a bath did you put him in the bath bath or did you have a baby bath? What was the what was your approach? What did we So we tried a few things. Again, maybe slightly related to my first tip. Um we started out with a washing up bowl. Nice. Because, thrifty again, thrifty. Again, we already have one of those and he's that sort yeah. of size. And it's clean um, enough, isn't it? It gets cleaned quite regularly. Oh, to be fair, it was it was a new one. It was okay. a new one. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we push the boat out sometimes. Um and again, that's good enough. But they grow so quickly, so that we got this inflatable one. Oh, that sounds because, irritating. Well, yeah, yes, I think you've summed it up quite well. Because the idea being, you can deflate it for storage. So, or if you want to take it away with you, it's not a big bath. But it got, you know, it's like a little paddling pool in the bath, and it was a pain, really. Um, 
then uh, I can't remember what else we did, but um, yes, yeah, so we sort of made do with those sorts of things. Um, so what, what do you use? Well, we bought a, a small plastic bath, essentially. So it's not inflatable, but it's smaller than mm. a red, regular adult-sized bath. But it's still, especially with a newborn, it's big enough for them to slip around in. So a friend and colleague at work, I called Dave Mann, recommended ma- massive piece of unsolicited advice. But he said, if there's one tip that I can give you as a, as a new father going into this, get go out now, go on Amazon and buy this, and it will make bath times much less stressful. Once we found this... All of our arguments ceased. All of our stress around, you know, how to how to clean this child properly, just went away because we weren't terrified of drowning it. And it's really simple. It's just a, a sponge, a big sponge yeah. that the baby sits on, right? And you put it at the bottom of the bath. Whether you use like a, a normal bath or a, a little slippery baby bath, um, it, it just means that when they're when they're sat down in there, they're not slipping around like a little slippery eel. All right, all right. Um, and yeah, highly recommended. Very very cheap, very straightforward, but. Um, it, it meant the whole first bath procedure was, was so straightforward. So easy, in fact, that I now want to do it without the sponge just to see how much of a difference it makes. <laughs> but then I'd yeah, feel really bad if, you know, he slipped and drowned. That would be kind of awful. True, but it does feel like, you know, if you've spent some money on something, you, you need to have the control. You need to... Yeah, I need to know. <laughs> ...prove to yourself you've improved your life by buying exactly. that Exactly. Yeah, so that's my tip for this week, bath sponge. Excellent. Um, and if we do such things as show notes, I assume we will. I assume that when when this uh, thing that we're recording goes on the internet, we'll probably put some links yeah. in the blog post. Um, well, let's dig around and find uh, yeah. find those things so that people can have a look. Yeah. So for for baby number two, we're, we're going a slightly different route for the bath. Oh yeah. Um, because obviously now we've got two kids. Um, yeah, we don't want to be doing two baths each night, so we've got one of these bath. I don't know what to call it, bath cradle type thing. So it's oh, a bath seat for a baby. Oh, I have I think I've seen this. So, so it's like a, a, a plastic insert that goes into the bath and the baby sits inside that, like a, a form. Exactly, yeah. So it's quite snug so the baby can't go anywhere. But it means we can run a bath for a baby and Toby can have his bath at the same time. Oh, nice. That's brilliant fun. And they'll be in the same water, yeah. splishing yeah. around together. Well, that's it. Now... Oh, I, lovely. A part of me wonders, are there some some dads listening to this who already, who have two kids who have tried this and are, are laughing at my naivety that this is going to be possible. <laughs> yes. Please let Nick know if he's just about to yeah. institute the work, the first um, fratricide. <laughs> yeah, fratricide or, you know, the... Uh, well, who knows what could happen with... Um, uh, yeah, because now Toby's... Well, he's, what, three and a half. Bath time is now... We run the bath. He's got his toys in the bath. Joe and I collapse on the bed and just listen to him play in the bath for oh, five or ten nice. minutes. It's 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 an unattended bath time these days, and oh, there's wow. you know, negotiations to get him out of the bath when he's having fun. But um, yeah, you're no longer nervous that he's he's uh, sort of so so small and vulnerable. He actually can look after himself in a in a bath of water. That's brilliant. Yeah. Fun. I mean, thankfully he he can't get in the bath by himself. So it, it, right. we're not too worried about that sort of thing. But um, I did see him open your front door the other day. That was a shock to us all. Um, <laughs> I think that is actually the first and only time he's ever done it. Uh, okay. when you guys rang the doorbell. He and, let us in. It was quite impressive. Well, he he always runs up. He enjoys running up to see who's at the door. But he he normally stops in the hallway. But this time he just ran up to the door and opened it. Which oh my goodness. He's tall. How, how I don't know how he's got tall enough to open that. So. Yes, that's um, that was fun, but th- thankfully, because 
we've got our front door and then a little porch which has a sliding door and to be honest most grown adults fail to open our sliding door so I'm not too worried about Toby yeah that is tricky you know, getting out of the house but um you've got a good safety feature there on your house yeah yeah well Nick I've enjoyed this I think we should do it again we should do it again so what do you think should we try and do this should we try and do this weekly yeah let's do it weekly I think if we're if we're charting the progress of our children then so much changes so much happens yeah in the meantime if people have got emergency tips for Nick about um about Two children sharing the same bath. Yes. If, if, if has anyone had a successful hypnobirth, it's it's not too late for us to decide to hypnobirth the second one. And I want to know if anyone's partner was opened part way by a doctor to allow the the child to escape <laughs> <laughs> escape naturally. That would be good. I want to hear all about that. Yeah. And a big thanks to Wes West for doing the the theme tune. Really good. And a big thanks to Dale Lane for getting his kids to shout "Beardy Dads" down a mic for the theme music and with a little bit of Toby thrown in. So, uh, yeah, tune in next week. Um, we are at Beardy Dads on Twitter, so get in touch and drop us a line. And uh, presumably there might be an email address. There'll probably be an email address. Let's go for podcast at beardydads.co.uk. Good, OK. Well, we'll, um, we'll definitely be lining up some, some contributions and some guests. Uh, and if you or someone that you know uh, wants to get involved in some way, um, maybe re- record something for us, something interesting that's happening in, in your life or a tip that you've got for us, um, drop us a line and let us know. Get in touch and uh, and we'll see you same place next week. Mm-hmm.